everybody. Welcome back to Moms After Bedtime. I'm Mandy, and I'm here with Brooke, Megan, and our special guest today, Katie. Hey. Hello. Hi. Uh, and so today we're going to interview Katie because she has a really interesting pregnancy story and birth story, too, actually. Um, so I'm interested and excited to talk about that. But before we jump into that, we're going to go share our wine and cheese. So, Brooke, I choose you. Um, so my wine this week is um, election anxiety. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's seen the memes as like election anxiety plus my normal anxiety plus seasonal depression plus COVID depression and anxiety. And it's just like a big storm of mental illness. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did not sleep last night partially because my husband was snoring, partially because I think I was like manifesting all this stress about the freaking election. And my cheese is that I'm starting a new job. Yay! So... It's good and bad. I'm sad because I've worked for the same company for six years, which is a long time. And on top of that, I've worked for the same person for like 10 years. So this will be my first job that she's like not my boss. But I will be working in a school. So I'm joining Mandy and Megan with school schedules Yay. and the <laughs> school everything. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm really scared. You're going to do a very good job. I'm so excited for you. I think everyone has more confidence in me than I do, but I'm feeling pretty confident, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I think it'll be great. I'm excited. Me too. Megan, you want to share? Yeah. So uh, I guess speaking of mental health, I guess, I don't know. I'm going to use my wine as like a little mini therapy session for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> something I know about myself, like I know that this is an issue. I know and I'm working on it, but I just have, and I don't know if it's being pregnant or like Brooke was talking about like all the things going on, but I just have zero patience for people just in general. And this is not even like election, like political, no patience, but just I have a habit of having a first impression about someone and then keeping that first impression, like no matter what, like they could like bake me a cake they could like do whatever and I'm still like no you're an idiot and you always have been <laughs> so <laughs> but I just I'm not gonna go into specifics because I don't know who listens whatnot but there are just some people I already have in my head made up things about them <laughs> I don't know how you stop that and they're just irritating and it's not just one person there's a few and I never do this with my students like, I don't understand, like, there's never a kid that walks into my classroom and I go, oh, can't stand you. It's never ever students. It's just always adults because I think I expect a lot out of adults. And if mm. they're not, like, meeting my expectations, then I'm over it. Goodbye. But <laughs> I just am struggling with that. <laughs> I don't really know what to tell you. I don't think I have a remedy for that. Yeah, that's just my line. And it's just a perpetual problem, but whatever um but my cheese pretty simple um I've been avoiding buying a winter jacket that actually fits me right now and I realized that that's kind of a necessity because we live in New England so <laughs> I've been wearing one of Ryan's jackets but I can't even zip it like it just fits over my arm <laughs> so I bought one as I had some nice old navy cash and um which I mean what other store would I buy it from but I came in today and it's so comfortable and I can't wait to like live in it. And also in my classroom right now, we're required to have a window open with like COVID oh. Oh. until they 
figure out a solution because it's like, you know, today it was 29 degrees when I got there. (laughs) So basically, I need to wear this jacket at all times. So I would like to have one that fits. (laughs) Is it a maternity jacket? Yeah. But it doesn't really look like that. Like I have room to like grow in it, but it has like the things you can like pull it in if you want to. So I can wear it like afterwards too. So yeah. Good for you. I was pregnant in the winter and I did not splurge and I just walked around with a jacket wide open the whole time. My regular jacket doesn't even fit over my arms right now. So, <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So Katie's over there like hot in Florida. Yeah, it's still hot down yeah. here. <laughs> well, that's a good cheese. It's a retail therapy. Katie, what's your wine and cheese? So Halloween obviously was a couple days ago and our toddler's two. Well, he will be two. We didn't do like the traditional trick-or-treating because we live in central Florida where people just can't get their act together with COVID. (laughs) Um, It's pretty rough. So our neighborhood just didn't do it at all. It wasn't an option. But my parents came over and wrecked my kitchen and let Logan um, make pizzas. So pizza sauce everywhere and cheese all over the floor. But he loved it so much. And then they took him home for the first time ever. Um, So it was cool to have a night with just George and I. We didn't do anything exciting because COVID. And we didn't want to like go to the bars and um, risk bringing anything home. But we live uh, 15 minutes from Disney. So we went to Disney Springs and walked around and knocked out a bunch of Christmas shopping. So that was cool to kind of get a jump start on that. And then also that was our first night without Logan like ever. So it was a change of pace, much needed. Did you miss him? Was it hard? Um, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's how I felt my first night away from Isla, too. I was okay with it. No, it was. The first couple <laughs> minutes were weird, and we were like, what do we do? Like, I was like, I'm going to go upstairs and get dressed if you want to. Well, I guess you don't have to hang out down here because there's not a baby to watch. So you do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> um, but it was it was nice. It was We will take advantage of that much more often now that the first time is done. How did he do? He, well, so my parents didn't realize that if the TV is on, he will not go to sleep. Like he can't nap in the same room as the TV. He won't fall asleep um, at night. And so they had him like on their couch just watching TV when they got home at like 10 o'clock and were watching Disney movies. And I was like, how I messaged them. I was like, how did he do? Is he okay? And they're like, he's still up. We're waiting for him to fall asleep. I was like, turn the TV off. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to. He's just, they sent me a picture and he had like his little hands behind his head, just laying on the couch, watching TV, (laughs) chilling with his Mimi. I was like, oh, well, I mean, he did fine though. He was, he cried. They brought him back the next day and he cried when they left. No. Oh, we'll do that again because it's good for everybody (laughs) um but then my wine is that he'll be two which isn't actually my wine but because of covid we can't have like a traditional birthday party we have to skip that um and so that's just hard like i hate to play into the my kid is missing out because he doesn't know what he's missing out on so it's more of us missing out um on like those parenting things but just i guess part of 2020 so yeah we had um my daughter's first birthday party was in April. And so it was like, especially like COVID had just started. Everybody was still on lockdown. Like nobody went anywhere. So that was a bummer because we just did a Zoom birthday party. She, like you said, like she didn't know any different. She was like, this is sweet. I get to eat cake anyway. He doesn't know any different. Um, And like our bubble is relatively small. Like we see my parents outside of that. Like we go to work. We don't really see anybody else. Um, Just because I work in multiple schools and 
George works in a restaurant. So we come in contact with so many people that we have to keep our bubble on the smaller side. So having a big party is just not something we can do this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bummer. 2020. All right. Well, my, what am I going to do first? I'll do my wine first. So I don't know how Shay and Logan are doing, but this time change is kicking Isla's butt. Mostly the waking up thing. The first day was so rough. Trying to keep her like awake until like the new seven o'clock. We didn't make it. There were a lot of tears. It was really rough. And then ever since then, she wakes up at 530 in the morning. Every single morning. Oh, God. Thank you. And she's staying up till like her normal bedtime without like being too fussy. But she's awake 530 every morning and I'm over it and I don't know when it starts going back to normal and I hope it does someday because I am struggling especially on my work when days spring ahead yeah right maybe <laughs> like this time of year is already hard enough as it is when it gets dark at four o'clock p.m and now I'm up since 5 30 a.m so it's just I'm just waiting patiently for that to go back to normal oh that's rough besides that my cheese is my cheese are probably going to be pregnancy related for the next few weeks anyways but um I went in for my second beta and of course the type of person I am I like did the math that I knew the exact number that it should be to things to be moving in the right direction and the number was supposed to be 3200 so I like wrote it down on my work computer and I was like manifesting it all week and then I got my blood drawn and it was 6200 so <laughs> woo, it's a very good number twins. but I can't do twins I can't do twins <laughs> Phil is convinced it's twins and I'm like I can't I can't I can't I'm convinced it's twins too. We'd have I'd have to quit my job. I have no choice. Like we couldn't afford three in daycare. Yeah, that would be. I just that's true. You get a group rate. Yeah, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like buy two get one free kind of thing. Yeah. Oh well, that would be kind of nice actually. But yeah, so I don't know. I'm very excited. I'm happy about it. But immediately I was like a little worried. Like, is that too high? And then, of course, the idea of twins. But I know we talk a lot about mom groups. And this time around, instead of jumping into like a due date group, I jumped into a IVF due date group, which I've already like like a million times better. I feel like it's just people who get it. They get it. And yeah. yeah. So, um, of course, everybody in IVF groups, like they all know their betas and like everyone's sharing like their numbers. And there's quite a few people who have similar numbers to me and there's only one baby in there. So damn, I can't keep saying this because then if it's twins, it's going to sound terrible that I'm like, I don't want them. I just well, it's, can't afford them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be as worrisome if they were like if it was my first pregnancy. But, you know, Isla won't even be two years old yet when this baby is born so <laughs> you'll have three under two could you oh my gosh. brooke you're evil look how much joy you're getting out of this I can't. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> sorry i'll help you i'll help as much as Perfect. i can because well i'm just gonna be a stay-at-home mom at that point so come over whenever you like we can take one we can keep one <laughs> we'll take the other perfect that works out well i can keep my job <laughs> but anyways all right so jumping into this week's topic I guess you could say we are just kind of going to hand over the platform I guess you could say to Katie so she could share her story um so Katie if you want to just tell us your story about your pregnancy and then your birth and then um we can ask some questions and learn some more about it does that sound good yeah all right totally um so I'm gonna start from the beginning (laughs) um (laughs) it's a good place place. (laughs) just to kind of like 
set what was going on in our life at the time when all of this transpired. So at the time, we were still living in Chicago. We both hated our jobs. It was just time for a change. Things were not going well. My family had all recently relocated to Florida, so we knew coming down here was pretty much what we wanted to do. It was just a matter of when. And I came home from work one day in... Well, I came home from work several days from the beginning of the year until March in tears. I was just done, needed to quit, but I never... Like, there wasn't another option at that point. I didn't know what else I was going to do. Came home in March and that was it. I was done. Wasn't going to work the next day. Had made up my mind at the end of my shift. Not going back. It was just a really toxic environment. And so I wrote my letter that night. And the next morning, I took it into work and didn't even give two weeks notice. I just said, I'm not coming to work today. Here's my letter. I'm done. And two weeks later, we packed up our entire lives and moved from Chicago to um, the space coast of Florida. So like the Melbourne, Palm Bay area. Um, and we stayed with my parents for a couple weeks while we figured out life and what our next steps were. I was really fortunate to um, have a connection down there and was able to get a restaurant job. So I was able to get some hours and my fiance got a job within like two weeks. So it was really quick. Everything just kind of lined up, fell into place. We moved from the space coast to Orlando in July and I left obviously my job at the restaurant because commuting an hour and a half for restaurant pay just wasn't worth it um and then I didn't work because I couldn't find so I work at the time I was working um as a behavior therapist and behavior therapy in the midwest compared to the south and this might even be true for where you guys are is very different down here in Florida there I don't want to say this and it come out the wrong way they're just very behind it's not as accepted mental health as like a whole. Some slang terms that I won't say are still used normally down here. It's just a normal thing. Um, so a lot of the companies I interviewed with, it just didn't align with my beliefs and my values. So it, w- it just It just didn't work out. Um, I ended up getting a job as a soccer coach in September. Finally started working. Things were good. I had my, this is where things get interesting. I had my annual (laughs) doctor's appointment um, in October for um, pap smear, all that fun stuff. And at that point, I had zero inkling that anything was going on. I was going to the doctor for my yearly visit. Did my little urine test went into the room to wait for the doctor and he came in and was like way too chipper for someone I've never met before just like (laughs) just it was fine like he didn't weird me out or anything he just like was way too excited so he asked me how I was and kind of got to know each other for a minute and he said so you're pregnant just straight out of his mouth just like that okay well (laughs) um (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Okay, it's not what I was here for, but okay. And so then we started talking about, because I wasn't planned. So he's like, so when was your last cycle? I was like, well, two weeks ago. So it's not, it's recent if I'm pregnant. Like it just, it had to have just happened. And he's like, okay, well, looking at you, he's like, you're probably not more than eight weeks. Like, no way. You don't look pregnant at all. So let's, we did the rest of the appointment that I was there for. And then... He started to like palpate my abdomen after he did the pap smear and everything. And he's like, oh, you have a really big uterus. Okay, well, what does that mean? Like literally how I said it back to him. Thanks. Is that good? Is that bad? Like 
what does that mean? And he's like, um, we'll figure it out. He's like, hold on, let me go talk to, he had to go up front and talk because they needed to do an ultrasound at that point. They didn't know what was going on. So then he came back and I guess like for insurance purposes, it had to be two separate appointments. They couldn't do my ultrasound like immediately. So he's like, can you come back tomorrow? And I no. And you've told me I'm pregnant and you've told me my uterus is large. <laughs> like, we need to figure out what's going on. So they sent me just to like go hang out in the parking lot for an hour and then come back inside. <laughs> That's so stupid. Uh, all I can think of is you're freaking out. I would be yeah, freaking out. And like <laughs> at that point, I, I didn't feel like I could tell anybody yet. Like all I wanted to do was call my mom. I will fully admit I'm a mommy's girl. And like, I just wanted to pick up the phone and call my mom. But like, I didn't know enough at that point to call anybody to say anything. So I went and sat in the parking lot for all of like 10 minutes. I was like, nope, this isn't going to work. I went to, there's like a TJ Maxx or something like around the corner. And I went and paced. I couldn't even be excited about baby clothes at that point. Like went and paced the baby aisle and was like, I don't even know what I'm here for. Like, I'm not excited yet. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I went back to the doctor and we're in the room and the tech, the ultrasound tech starts asking me to like go through my cycle. Like, when was your last one? Literally two weeks ago, end of September. Okay, the one before that. I was able to go back all the way to March and like give her exact dates because I track it on my phone. Um, in that time, I had only missed two. I missed April, but April, the first week of April is when we moved across the country. So stress, whatever, wasn't worried about it. And then I missed in July. Also, we were moving from the coast to central Florida. I was without a job. Like there were just so many things going on that didn't cross my mind. Um, I've also always had an irregular cycle, like not just get it, don't get it, but TMI. Sometimes it's like super light and I don't need anything. And sometimes it's so heavy, I don't get off the couch. So like a little bit extra of things being irregular didn't cross my mind at all. So we go through my cycle and then she is doing, taking baby's measurements. And she's like, you really have no idea you're pregnant. Not trust me. I would, I, that's not something I would lie about or hide. Don't know. And she goes, oh, did you feel that? And I was like, no, feel what? And she looked at me like so shocked. And she's like, baby just kicked. I was like, I, I didn't feel it. She keeps measuring and she's like, she looks at me and she puts it down and like her whole face just changed. And she's like, sweetie, you're, you're 34, maybe 36 weeks. Silence. Like nothing <laughs> came out of my mouth. I was like, I just looked at her. And eventually I think I said, are you sure? <laughs> she laughed and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Like there's a baby in there. She's like, I don't know where. There was nothing at that point. I felt bloated, like at the most, but I didn't feel eight months pregnant. That's what I was at that point. I was eight months pregnant. Wow. Wow. <laughs> no idea. At that point, I know I'm very pregnant. We had just moved into a tiny, and I cannot stress how tiny, one bedroom condo oh, no. to figure out like where we wanted to be in Orlando and figure out life. And George is at work. And I know he has to be the first person I tell. His office happened to be, or the restaurant he was working at happened to be across the street from the doctor's office. I, for a split second, thought about going over there, but realized quickly that was a terrible idea and to not bother him in the middle of his workday. <laughs> so I went home to sit and cry by myself and like, oh, uh, for like four hours until he got home because I couldn't tell anybody. I had to tell him first. Like I didn't, it just wasn't right to me. So I waited for him to get home and I was in the bedroom on the bed 
kind of. I was like half on the bed, half on the floor, just crying. And <laughs> at the time, there was like there was some stuff going on with my immediate family um, at the time. So like his immediate reaction was like, "What's going on with that?" Like didn't cross his mind that there could be something with me. And I think all I got out was, "I'm pregnant," and just like tears streaming down my face, just a mess. And he's like, "It's okay, we'll be fine. It's okay." And I was like no very pregnant <laughs> like we're going to have a baby very soon and then we sat on the floor and cried together and just kind of had a moment because that that's all you can do in that like in that moment that's all we could do there was nothing nothing either of us could have said or done not to fix it because there's nothing to fix that's pretty much how that played out um <laughs> what a wild story like yeah i was freaking out and i had plenty of time <laughs> to prepare like i can't even imagine right. Being like, well, now we need to have a baby shower because we literally have nothing. Right. And like this stuff didn't even cross my mind at first, like not having anything. It was um, at the time we weren't engaged yet. So in my head, I had just moved my boyfriend across the country away from his family to be with my family, um, which he did willingly. Like it wasn't a, a struggle or a fight or anything like that. Like it was a decision we made together to move down here. But you never know when you spring that on someone like, hey, I'm pregnant. No matter how far along, I didn't know what his reaction was going to be. So thankfully he was very accepting and we'll get through this and we're going to do it together. But in the back of your head, part of me was like, what if he's like, no, this isn't what I want. Right. So, mm -hmm. but that wasn't the case. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you... So what were you, did you end up figuring out, were you close to like more 34 weeks? Um, they think like 34, 35, and that was on October 15th. So then um, obviously at that point you see the doctor every week because you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, obviously things are moving pretty quickly at that point. Saw the doctor weekly. Well, in the office, so one of my very first questions after he t told me I was pregnant um, and we found out how far along I was, was can I still run? I played soccer my entire life. I played through college and then I've just, I just run all the time. Like it's just my mental health thing. Um, I still run to this day and I was supposed to run a 10K with my sister. So October 15th is when I found out. We were scheduled to run a 10K together um, November 3rd. So the only thing I was thinking about was, can I still run? Like, is that something I can still do? <laughs> Which I was told, like, keep going. You've been running this whole time. You've been training. You've been running 5Ks, almost 10Ks for the last 10 months to get ready. So just keep doing it. So I had that appointment and then I had two more appointments. And each appointment I asked, can I keep running? Am I good? Doctor kept saying, yeah, baby's used to it. You're used to it. Keep going. So November 3rd, my sister and I got up at 2.30 in the morning and went to Disney because that's where the race was. Um, my parents drove from the coast because they were nervous that I was running at, I was 37 weeks, five days. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. And Megan's wine, like, last week was like, I can't even <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm like, I couldn't even put my boots on this morning. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, so we went and we ran, and I don't know, that was just a really cool experience to, like, do. And then at the end to say, like, I did it. I mean, I'd been training to do it the whole time, so I knew I could do it. But then once you find out you're carrying a human with you, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> changes things. So we ran. I saw the doctor. So that was on a Saturday. I saw the doctor Tuesday and he said, you're two centimeters dilated. Get ready for baby. Oh my God. So at that point, being a soccer coach, I decided 
to not work anymore because I didn't want to go into labor on the soccer field. Um, just didn't seem like a good <laughs> idea. Exactly a week later, the following Tuesday at 39 weeks, we went to the doctor again and there was no improvement. I was still two centimeters. He wanted to induce me that either that night or the next day, um, just because there were so many unknowns. We didn't know if I had gestational diabetes, even though I had been, um, I had technically tested for it, but you can't test after a certain point because you'll get a false positive, which is what happened to me. That's a whole other story. So I'd been eating and everything like I had diabetes. Just they didn't know. There were, obviously, we missed all of those tests and everything on baby. So they wanted to deliver at 39 weeks. They did a membrane sweep in the office, sent us home, said, we'll see you in the morning. Come to the hospital. We'll induce you then. So that was at like one o'clock in the afternoon. We stopped for lunch on the way home was in no hurry. Like I felt great. Had the usual cramping that they tell you happens after, um, but it went away like before we even got home. I felt fine. And then we ate at home, started to like clean up, make sure everything was good at the house before the next morning. I didn't feel sick. I just felt off. Like, you know, your body and something just didn't feel right. Whatever it was, just something told me, call the doctor. So I called and he was like, just go now. You're supposed to be there in the morning anyways. Um, they'll probably just take you because they're going to see that you're already dilated. So we went to the hospital. That w We left the house at 3.30. So we got there at 4. And I was checked by the midwife at 4.30. And she said, she asked how I was feeling and everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm great. Like, no big deal. Uh, honestly, just came because I don't feel well. And the doctor told me to come. Um, she checked me and she's like, you're, you're seven centimeters and contracting every two minutes. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> like, she's like, we, you need to go upstairs. Um, she's like, you're staying. That was, that all happened really quick. We were moved upstairs to labor and delivery. I think we were upstairs by like six o'clock, seven o'clock. We were in a room and like paperwork signed, everything good to go. I was adamant. Well, in, you know, my 28 days from finding out I was pregnant <laughs> having a baby. Um, my birth plan, what, something that I've always wanted to do is I wanted to try to go unmedicated. Um, and so what I had vocalized to everybody was as long as I'm in control and I'm not screaming, I'm not yelling, like as long as I'm still myself, I don't want an epidural. And then my nurse came in and I would say I didn't have the best experience with my first nurse before shift change. She pretty much pushed me into an epidural, um, said that and the anesthesiologist was about to go into a C-section. So if you want it, you need to get it now. Otherwise, we don't know if you'll get one. So I got it because I kind of felt pressured to at that point, even though I was uncomfortable, but I didn't think it was necessary. They So they came in and they did it at like 10. We were at a teaching hospital, which is my only complaint. My epidural took a little bit because the doctor didn't do it. The student did it. Um, so she had to like talk her through the whole thing. So it took about 45 minutes to do. And in that time, I had the worst contractions. Like at that point, I would have asked for an epidural. They were awful. As soon as they were done, they laid me back down and the nurse checked me and she's like, it's time to go. Nine and a half centimeters. Like we're ready. So, I mean, was the epidural worth it? I don't know. But <laughs> it made pushing super easy um, because I was comfortable at that point. I think I pushed for 20 minutes. It was it was all really fast. It happened so quick. My favorite part of all of that is George was giving me spoonsfuls of ice while I was pushing, like in between. And one of them was just too much. There was... There was just too much ice on the spoon and I couldn't get rid of it fast enough before the next contraction came. And so I, I choked on it and I started coughing. As I was coughing, everyone's like, no, that's the baby's head. Keep coughing. <laughs> he pretty much just came out then. I didn't have to do much else. I, there he was. <laughs> so. Oh my God. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was, it all happened obviously really fast. Um, 28 days fast and labor was quick. He is healthy and he's on track with everything. We have zero issues or worries. He is thriving as he should be. That is so Wild. crazy. Amazing. <laughs> they do say like, if you like keep up with like, you know, exercise and things like that, your body's like so ready for like delivery. And like your yeah. body was so ready because oh, my yeah. body didn't react like that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, it was, um, I mean, I did not think I was, I walked into the hospital on my own, carried my own bag, like, was like, we're going home tonight. There's no way they're keeping me. And so that for them to look at me and be like, mm, seven centimeters, get ready, time to go. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't feel like it, but if you say so. I feel like that's proof of you should probably exercise and be <laughs> healthy if you're going <laughs> to. Nah, I don't baby. believe it. Nah. <laughs> I ain't falling for that. Like, I, I have known that I am very early pregnant for two weeks now. So that would be me being like two more weeks and I'll pop out a baby. Like, that's just so crazy to me. It's still like a whirlwind to think about like how quick it all happened. But I wouldn't, I mean, I would, I would like to know obviously longer, but I wouldn't change anything. Like it all worked out. It all happened for a reason. So it is what it is. Like looking back, do you, were there like little things you could think of that maybe were like pregnancy symptoms that you just kind of pushed aside? Well, my, so my weight gain from like, because I track that too, because I'm weird and track everything like that, but my weight gain was only 10 pounds from February to the day I delivered. Um, So maybe a little bit of weight gain, like probably should have been more concerning to me than it was. But also, like I said, like I'm a runner and so not, and then not working, like I was doing nothing but sitting at home, um, which is out of character for me. I'm usually up and pretty active. So I was I just wasn't concerned about the weight gain, but now looking back maybe would have paid more attention to it. Um I talked about my cycle, that really didn't concern me. Even now it still doesn't concern me. Like two years later it doesn't. I don't get worried if things are lighter than they should be. And maybe I should maybe I should pay more attention to that too now that we've had this experience. <laughs> the only thing that was a was a big sign that George and I both ignored was that during pregnancy your nipples get darker. Didn't correlate it at all. You're just like that was that's weird. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> that's different. It must be yeah, it must be because you're in Florida, right? Right. All that right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but we both recognized it. Like we both knew it happened. So you found out you were pregnant could you like then notice when the baby was moving nope so i had an anterior placenta that was that was just like right there couldn't feel him i didn't feel him until i think it was like a week later maybe even longer than that i think it was like a week or so later was like the first time i felt him move and at that point they're like full-on baby so to feel anything and to feel it up in your ribs was just weird like I felt like I had an alien inside of me at that point (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't like gradual so it was all of a sudden I didn't get like like, little flutters I just had like a kick to the rib cage and I was like well that's not right (laughs) (laughs) do you think that having like such a short amount of time to adjust to the idea of motherhood like actually took away some of the anxiety of being a new mom? 100%. No, I, we were, at least I was scared out of my mind for probably 24 hours. And then we just had to snap out of it. Like at that point, things had to get done. We had to have a crib there. We needed things obviously, but then we had to prepare ourselves. So I would, uh, yeah, I would say that I probably wasn't as nervous as most first time moms, um, because I had things to do. I couldn't focus on being scared or I couldn't focus on how my delivery was going to go or is something wrong. Like at that point, it was just, we have to get the baby here safely. 
do you feel like you missed out on having the whole pregnancy or, or like are you sad that you missed no <laughs> no (laughs) Um, not at all I don't and I'm sure I'll feel different if if and when we get to have another but right now like I didn't have any symptoms I didn't have morning sickness I didn't obviously didn't gain a ton of weight I didn't have the swelling so I have zero regrets or remorse for missing any of (laughs) okay now I feel comfortable saying I'm jealous that you got this right like I just that's the way to do it. <laughs> the shorts that I wore to my doctor's appointment, and I only, like, I just thought of this now. The shorts that I wore to my doctor's appointment the day I found out I was pregnant, I literally just had on this week. That, like, I was wearing the same clothes. I never, I didn't have to buy maternity clothes. Like, everything. Yeah, that's true. You saved a lot of money. Yeah. Like, it was just Yeah, crazy. seriously. Were you able to run around and get everything in time? Like, all the gear and clothes and things like that? Yeah. So, that's, our families rallied big time. Um, I would say like, I I found out on a Monday that I was pregnant and by the weekend, like my parents had a crib, um, and had brought it over to us, a swing from like my grandparents, like everything started to slowly trickle in, but also because we didn't have eight, nine months, like normal people do. I think we realized how much unnecessary some, Mm -hmm. we didn't have all the extra stuff. And I, I didn't miss out on any of that because we only had what was necessary. It like, we just Mm -hmm. didn't. And like, not to say that you don't need it because maybe you do. And like other moms find a reason to use that stuff. But we had a crib, we had a stroller, we had a car seat. In my head, we had what we needed. You know, family sent like cute outfits and the little things like that. As we got closer, like some of the less practical things were sent as gifts. Um, And we're so appreciative for all of that. I mean, nobody had to do anything at that point. Like, it was our responsibility. Um, but the way our families rallied and we had everything we needed, like, I don't, it was really cool to see both of our families kind of come together and just get it done. Speaking of your families, like, how did you tell them and how did they react? <laughs> George called his parents first because I was still a mess and couldn't. <laughs> he called them that night. I couldn't, um, I couldn't get the words out yet to call anybody. And then I called my parents a couple, probably a couple hours later. It was pretty late. My mom, they were on speaker and my mom didn't really say much. My, they had just seen me two days prior. So they were both kind of like, what, what, what do you mean? And then my dad, I will never forget him saying this. My dad said, you need to get a second opinion because you don't look eight months pregnant. <laughs> and like <laughs> in that moment, like I laughed because it just kind of took some of the stress away. Like, okay, they're not, they're not being super tense about this. Like we can have a moment and laugh about it. Um, but also like, it was just such a dad thing to say. Like, <laughs> you know, I, he was like, I just saw you. You're not. I was like, yeah, I am. Fuck me. And my mom was in the background. She's like, they can tell these things now. <laughs> but I, I will never forget that. I, that's in Logan's baby book. Like, I will never let him live that down. No. (laughs) So you said that Logan was like perfectly fine, right? Like no health concerns or things like that. So he had a minor fever when they like a couple minutes after birth and they had taken his temperature. But I was also running a fever. So that could have just been like the skin to skin thing of me like giving it to him, I guess. But other than that, um, he had a little bit of jaundice. It cleared up pretty much before we left the hospital. We did have a really strange... so. Logan's chart was flipped with the baby next door's chart. Um, And (laughs) he was losing weight like babies do when they're born. But they said he was right on the... They came in and told me that he was right on the cusp of failure to thrive. That he was losing too much weight. 
And then, so of course you're freaking out and like the lactation nurse came in cause I was breastfeeding and wanted to make sure my milk had come in and everything. And like everybody was freaking out. And then we were supposed to go home that day and they told us we had to stay. We'd already stayed an extra night. So we were supposed to go home again. They came in and said, no, you're staying. So I was like, okay. So George went back to the car to get the bags back out of the car because that was supposed to be our discharge. And the doctor came walking back in as George walked out of the room and said, like with a smile on her face, so I flipped your files and your baby's actually fine. It's the baby next door who had already been sent home. I was just going to say, did they send that baby That home? baby had already been oh, sent home. Oh, no. Yeah. So we, we had a little, we had an extra night stay in the hospital for essentially nothing. I mean, it, I'm okay with it because I got seen for an extra night and Logan got seen for an extra night, um, mm. especially after how my pregnancy was. Like, I was okay with that. But we didn't have to be there. It would have been nice to go home 24 hours prior, like we were supposed to. So many crazy stories. Yeah. <laughs> Write a book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now he's just like your average toddler and screams at us all day long. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, did do you feel like having such a whirlwind pregnancy delivery experience, did it do you think it affected you differently for like postpartum? Maybe, maybe a little bit. I'm not like a super emotional person for, to like be crying every 20 minutes during postpartum was really weird for me. And like for no reason at all, like you just, you just cry, like <laughs> it just happens. But even like my recovery, like my physical recovery was relatively easy. I saw my doctor, my six week appointment would have been Christmas and obviously they weren't open. So they let me come in at just shy of five weeks. And I was cleared at that point to run, to lift, to do whatever I wanted. Like I had stopped bleeding within, I want to say like 10 days. And even that wasn't really that bad. I mean, you hear stories of women like wearing full on diapers and things. And i I didn't have to do that. Uh, but I think a lot of that just attributes back to how physically active I was during my entire pregnancy. Um, yeah, because I was wearing a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did not have to. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say postpartum was like super hard, but it was definitely, it was different. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Like this is such an interesting look at like, like the buildup of having a baby and like, obviously it flips everyone's life, but it's like, you didn't have all that time to be anxious about it beforehand. So I wonder if that makes like a difference. Cause then you also have probably have different expectations versus reality type of situations too. I don't know. Right. And probably like relief that like, whew, we did it. He's here. He's healthy. Yeah. Oh, big time. Like once. Like, even that night, just, like, after he was delivered and we were good and we knew everything was fine, like, there was such a sense of, like, we can breathe now. We didn't have time to prepare. We didn't know if anything was, quote-unquote, wrong. Not that that would have made a difference, but we didn't know. And so for it to, it to all yeah. transpire the way it did and be okay, it made like my recovery so much easier. Given like your whole personal experience, do you have any like unique advice that th you think that you would be able to give in any new moms out there? Um, I kind of touched on this, but I think I, I know all this stuff is exciting. Like all the, the physical stuff, all the baby stuff and all the gadgets and things, but you, you really don't need it. Like what baby actually needs and what you actually need is very minimal compared to what you think you need to have to bring a baby home. Mm-hmm. I've like I've seen friends baby showers now and like seen their registries and I'm like I, 
you don't need that. You'll use it once or like that. <laughs> you, you won't like that. Um, and like everybody's di- opinion is different. Like some things work for you and they don't work for me. But I just, I think that t- having the time frame that we did and having the essentials and not having all the extra, like we won't do that for the next baby either. As long as we have the essentials to bring baby home, that's all you need. Do you feel like you've carried that over into like toddlerhood? Like, do you feel like... Oh yeah, for sure. I think yeah, Logan is spoiled out of his mind because he's the only grandkid, but on my <laughs> side at least. I think like when we think about like even like Christmas shopping and like birthday shopping, it's what does he need? You know, he needs jeans, mm-hmm. I, which is weird to say because we live in Florida and you wear jeans four times in a year. But, um, <laughs> like, the other day we were, we were at the store and George was like, what does he need? And I was like, he needs a pair of pants. Like, I don't think he has pants that fit him right now. And yesterday we had a high of, like, 70 degrees, which is chilly in Florida. <laughs> as much as I hate to admit that. <laughs> okay. <We hate> you. <laughs> um, like, that's, like, last night it was, like, 55 degrees. That's cold here. It doesn't, doesn't get much colder. But it's just, like, the extra stuff. I've never been a person who wants to accumulate a lot of stuff, but especially now, I'm like, he doesn't need it. I wish I would have talked to you, like, four months ago, because <laughs> I have so much crap that I'm like, oh. You have a nursery full of stuff you don't this know what to literally, do literally, no. the pile behind you that you're looking at is baby shit that I'm saving for the next one. Like, look, literally, look at that. But see, we did that too, though, because, like, we have we have the essentials. So when it came to one, like, as we mm-hmm. grew out of things and stuff, I couldn't get rid of it because it, we needed it. Like it made it a lot, I will say that it made it a lot harder to get rid of things as we grew out of those phases because everything we had was a necessity. But then you have more room to store the necessities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's yeah. true. And we've since moved. We don't live in a one bedroom condo anymore. So we have, <laughs> oh, that helps, that helps. we have the room to have all of the things now. Yeah. No, I just, that's such an incredible story and I just kind of love your perspective because I feel like there's a lot of things and anxiety that you spend your whole pregnancy like worrying about that like you don't have to for sure Mm -hmm. and that's just a cool perspective yeah it's definitely um definitely different obviously not a story you hear every day but I will say it happens a lot more often than you think I've come in contact with Mm -hmm. so many women who share a similar story And I think I only know that because of my story and sharing my story and being open about it. Um, But I think it happens to so many people who just don't say anything because there's so much judgment of how did you not know or, you know, um, which was the hardest question to get asked afterwards. Well, how how did you not know? Well, you think you know your body. And then when something like that happens, you're like, maybe I maybe I don't know myself. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's like the perfect storm. It's just like all of these things kind of come together that. It would just make exactly. it so you wouldn't know. Yeah. Like, if I was in the same situation, I, I probably wouldn't, know. wouldn't exactly. have known either. Yeah. I know. It's very interesting. I yeah. think a lot of people are, like, listening along. I used to be obsessed. There was that show. I didn't know I was pregnant. In college, and me and my freshman roommate would always, well, I was, like, every Tuesday, we're like, yes, I didn't know I, pre- <laughs> I was pregnant. It was on tonight. And we'd just watch all these people have babies in toilets, and it was just really interesting. But <laughs> I'm glad you didn't get to that point. I'm glad you were able to get to the hospital. Yeah, thankfully, drugs. I listened how crazy if you didn't have your, like, right checkup. right? That's true, yeah. too. Because a lot of people don't go to their annual checkup. No, and I went because I needed more birth control. So, good job, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> well, um, totally up to you, Katie. Are you okay sharing, like, social anything if anybody wants to find you? So, I track, like, my – it started as just for me, and now I've connected with a lot of, like, other stroller moms, moms who run with – with their kiddos in tow um so that one is k dot 
with a babe. Um, and that one, like I said, I just track like all my workouts and stuff on there. Um, you don't get to see my cutie's face because it is a public account and I just don't share his face for personal reasons. And then my other one that's more personal, if you want to follow me on there and see the cute little monster who uh, graced our lives <laughs> with a storm, um, is K-N-I- B-A-R-R-A-5-6. Alrighty. So we'll put those Instagram links in our show notes bio. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Super interesting. And answering all of our questions and being a very dedicated supporter and listener of the pod. Appreciate it. Um, And yeah, so thank you. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.